Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. I'd like to know where Internet Troll 1234 is right now. I cannot believe what he said about this podcast. This is a tough podcast. This is a winning podcast. It's always been tailgate till May against the world. It will always be tailgate till May against the world. I'll tell you what. I love this podcast right here. And this podcast knows how to win games. It's a tough team. That's my Ryan Day, everybody. You like it? Ryan Day was fired up after Ohio State took down the Notre Dame fighting Irish on the second to last play of the game. And I am fired up after going 11 and three overall in week four plus 8.3 units on the week. I was 11 and two against the spread missed on the money line parlay. And it was an unreal day of watching college football. So I am as fired up as Ryan day was after his win for my big weekend and my big wins. This is tailgate till may I'm your host, Steven Gorgie, and I can't wait to recap an unreal week four of college football with you. Before we get started, just a reminder, you can find me on social media, X or Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all at Gorg on sports. I'd love to hear from you there because I want you to be part of the show. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you want to hear about. I want to know what I got right. And I want to know what you think I got wrong. So hit me up there. Love to interact with you on social media. That's also where you can find all of my latest gambling picks. I post everything there. That's where you can find my Google Sheet gambling dashboard and tracker. So follow me on X. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok for more great tailgate till May content. So let's get right into this thing. We're going to start with the two big games of the day because they for sure lived up to the hype. And I'm going to start with that game that I mentioned right at the top of the show, Ohio State taking down Notre Dame in South Bend, a game that looked like Notre Dame had all but wrapped up and Ohio State pulls out the win, and boy, was Ryan Day fired up after that one. And I don't blame him at all, because even in some of the college football group text I have, people were cracking jokes like, oh, guess Ryan Day is going to be Nick Saban's offensive coordinator next year. That's the kind of stuff this man has to take simply because he's lost to Michigan two times. This Ohio State team went into South Bend, They didn't play their best. They took Notre Dame's best shot and they came out with a victory on the road with a guy in Kyle McCord who really grew up. He grew up in that game and it's cliche, but he kind of whatever the Ohio State version of earning your pinstripes is, he earned the Buckeye on his helmet. He earned some Buckeyes with that drive 
to give them the victory last night. He stood in there. He made some big throws. Uh, He got a little lucky at times. Notre Dame dropped two picks. One definitely should have picked. The other was maybe a little tougher, but there were two balls that could have been picked off on that final possession and got a little luck there, but he also stood in and he made some big throws. I mean, I thought it showed unbelievable strength on Kyle McCord's part just to get rid of the ball on the play that was eventually called for intentional grounding. I thought he made a great effort to try to get rid of that ball. I thought it showed great strength and uh, I thought it was a, I think it, I think it was the right call, but as they said on the broadcast, if Marvin Harrison breaks to the outside, I don't think they call that intentional grounding. So I thought that showed great strength and awareness from him there, not to take that sack, to make that effort, to try not to take the sack. And then the throw that he made just standing in on third and 19 at the Notre Dame 22 completes that pass to Emeka Abuka at the one yard line calmly gets up to the line. And uh, I thought that was just an, an unreal job from Ohio state there. So Ohio state goes into Notre Dame and they go in, they get the big win. Now there's been a lot of talk today. Did Ohio state win this one or did Notre Dame lose it? I, I of course, if you haven't seen the pictures, If you haven't heard this chatter, Notre Dame only had 10 players on the field for not just the last possession, but the last two possessions. A huge critical mistake from Notre Dame. And that's inexcusable. It just frankly cannot happen, especially after a timeout. That cannot happen. So from that perspective, yes, Notre Dame in part lost this game. But I thought this one was just a battle all the way through. And I really do leave this game coming away impressed with both teams. I think both these teams are teams that should be and will be considered college football playoff contenders the rest of the season. I thought Notre Dame's defense was very impressive at times. Uh, You think about the second to last drive Ohio State had where they were able to stuff them on a third and one and a fourth and one, maybe a little bit of a questionable play call from Ohio state on that jet sweep to a Mecca Abuka, but uh, Notre Dame shut that down and they go and get the ball back for its offense. And then for Ohio state's part, I think this defense truly is a vastly improved defense. I thought they looked very good throughout the night and I think the biggest thing you think about the end of that game after their offense cannot convert they go and get the ball back and give Kyle McCord a chance for that last drive for a game-winning drive JT Tuimo allow almost did in that game what he did a bunch against Penn State last year, which was single-handedly win the game. I think it was the one of the second down plays. I believe it was the second down play. He goes and he tips the ball and almost tips it to himself and picks it off. But nonetheless, he he deflects the ball and it's an incomplete pass, which is huge because with under three minutes left in the game, that stopped the clock really big play for Ohio state there. Ohio state's defense goes out and gets the ball back. And this was a, I think we continue to see an improved Ohio state defense. Now that doesn't mean they were perfect. No, certainly not. Uh, 
Notre Dame ran the ball fairly well. They put up 176 yards. Ohio State had a couple pass interference calls down the field, but I th- Notre Dame didn't seem super effective to me throwing the ball tonight. And now is part of that because of Notre Dame? Yes, it, it, it certainly is. I'm still not convinced that Notre Dame is elite or anywhere near elite when it comes to their receiver talent, when it comes to throwing the ball outside the numbers. But I think everything we've seen from Ohio State this year on the defensive side of the ball is absolutely a positive. And I just come away from this game thinking these are two very good teams who are going to be there at the end of the year. And we got to give a shout out. I got to give a shout out to Marvin Harrison for he goes out, he gets injured. He's all taped up. He comes in. He continues to play in that game. What an effort from him. And I think Kyle McCord is getting more comfortable. If anything, if you spin this forward, it's impossible for this game not to give Kyle McCord more confidence going forward in this, uh, going forward the rest of the season, which I really think is something that Ohio State needs. I, I think it's clear he's their guy. And after that drive, there, there should be no doubt about it. Ohio State in the running game, Travion Henderson had a big game for them, 104 yards. He had a long touchdown run in this one. And then Chip Trainum uh, goes and gets the game-winning touchdown. Uh, the big back goes and gets that game-winning touchdown. And a, a really nice, I thought, a great decision. Obviously, all is well. that ends well. But even if it didn't work out, I think it was a good decision by Ryan Day to run the ball there on that last play. I mean, you don't have to worry about the clock. At that point, uh, it's something that Notre Dame, you know, it just gives them another aspect to think about. And then when they only have 10 guys on the field, one of them's a defensive lineman. They ran right where that guy wasn't. Great execution by Ohio State to take advantage of that situation. And Chip Trainum gets in the end zone, gives the Buckeyes a win, and they go home to Columbus undefeated once again. I have never seen Ryan Day as fired up as he was after that game. I I think it is clear this is a guy who, whether he always shows it or not, knows what is being said about him and his program and internalizes that. And I think maybe is using it as motivation for his program. So... Kudos to Ohio State. Kudos to Ryan Day. Now they go home. They go get some rest. They get a bye, and they come back and start the rest of Big Ten play here where we're going to find out a lot more about Ohio State. They come back with Maryland on October 7th, but then things really heat up, skipping a few, uh, skipping a game here uh, at Purdue, but then they have Penn State at home on October 21st. And of course, to end the year, Michigan. And as always, those are going to be the two games where we really find out about Ohio State. But I think tonight was a great test for Ohio State. And it should give them a ton of confidence going forward the rest of the way. Now, on the Notre Dame side, there's no reason, in my opinion, that Notre Dame shouldn't still find themselves in the college football playoff conversation. 
I don't think there's a team on their schedule, Clemson and South uh, Clemson and USC included, that they can't go out and beat on any given day. Again, I still have some questions about, you know, their ability to throw the ball down the field, the separation that their receivers can get. I don't think they have necessarily elite receivers, but Sam Sam Hartman's obviously a huge upgrade. They have a very good running game behind Audric Estime and that offensive line. And that defense looks really good. So I think Notre Dame is going to be right in this thing until the end. And I leave that game just thinking that was a game between two very good football teams. The other big game of the day that also lived up to the hype was Florida State and Clemson and Florida State goes on the road as well and they escape with a big road win over Clemson in overtime and Clemson or um, Florida State Florida State on this day they didn't have their A game there's no doubt about it but they found a way to win and at the end of the day the difference was Florida State has Keon Coleman and Clemson does not have anybody who compares to Keon Coleman. And we saw Keon Coleman go up, get a 25 or 24-yard touchdown pass in overtime from Jordan Travis, makes a great play on the ball, and is able to get them that touchdown. And Clemson cannot get the job done on the other side of things. There was some really questionable game management from Clemson in the fourth quarter, some interesting play calling or decision-making in the overtime period. And ultimately there was a missed field goal from a guy who wasn't even kicking, wasn't even on campus in Clemson, South Carolina. As of a week ago, he misses a kick and it all together comes back to haunt Clemson and they're not able to get the job done. So let's talk about some of that game management stuff for Clemson. So Clemson had to burn a couple timeouts for procedural procedural reasons in that fourth quarter. And basically it only left Clemson with one timeout after Florida state turned the bar, gave Clemson the ball back Florida state gave Clemson, the ball back. They turned it over on downs with uh, 12 seconds to go in the game. And on that drive, Clemson also couldn't could only stop the clock once because they only had the one timeout. So it just those the burning of those timeouts meant that Clemson did not give themselves another opportunity after they got the ball back. Really, that was number one. And then in overtime. On a third and one. So Will Shipley gets a nine yard gain as Clemson is trying to match Florida State in the bottom of the inning, if you will, in overtime. And they have a third and one. Cade Klubnick goes and throws and uh pass the outside. It's a, a pass for no gain on third and one. And it was a Clay a Cade Klubnick had the option to either hand it off or to throw it. And Davos, when he said after the game, I expected him to throw it. That was not, or to hand it off rather. That's not the decision that was made. And it brought up a fourth and one, which Clemson could not convert. Florida State goes out and wins the game. Then if we go, let's go back earlier to the missed field goal. Clemson has a 
30-ish, 29-yard field goal attempt with 1.45 to go. Jonathan White, who was the backup kicker for a couple years, he was a guy who was in online grad school that Dabo Swinney called up last week and said, hey, do you want to come back and kick against Florida State? Because he had eligibility. He was a Clemson student, an online Clemson student at the time. He was about to go and start a job in New York next week. He had to call up his boss and tell him, hey, is it okay if I kick against Florida State? His boss said, of course, and actually ended up being at the game. And they, of course, end up in a situation where they have to rely on this guy. And unfortunately for him, he just, just missed it. He had made a kick earlier in the game from about the same length but he missed this one. And to me, if you're Dabo Swinney on that possession, you need to be playing with the mindset that you cannot, you cannot rely on this guy to go out and make a kick in that situation. Yeah. It's great that you believe in him. It's great that he made that kick earlier in the game, but you got to me, you got to be thinking touchdown, touchdown, touchdown in that situation. And, you know, maybe, you kick that ball a hundred times, maybe 70% of the time it does go through and Dabo Swinney is proven right. But in this instance, uh, he was not, he missed and we all know how it ended. But if we are going to talk about one critical play in this game, the one and only critical game play, if I said, this is where everything changed. Clemson was up 24, 17 end of the third quarter, Florida state or Clemson, rather is driving they get a big they get a big run on first down they get it out all the way to the Florida State 29 yard line and on second and 10 from the Florida State 29 Cade Klubnik drops back the pass and is absolutely blindsided a missed assignment by Phil Maffa there the running back just goes out to run route he was supposed to stay in to block did not Cade Klubnik gets blindsided fumbles Kalen Delos returns at 56 yards for the touchdown and that is where the game changed if Clemson goes in scores a touchdown there goes up by two touchdowns I don't think Florida State would have had it in them to come back and win that game the way things were going. But that's what happened, and and that's the difference in football games. That's often the difference in championship teams and, and good or mediocre teams. And Florida State went on the road, took Clemson's best shot. It was Clemson's A game. I thought Clemson played really well, and Florida State still found a way to win. Keon Coleman makes that catch in overtime. They come up with that sack and fumble to tie the game. And Florida State did what championship caliber teams do, which is find a way to win. Now, I think for Florida State, they have to find a way to elevate their game another level. They have to find another gear because I'm not sure if the goal is to win a national championship. I'm not sure that gear is good enough. So they have coming up here in the next couple of weeks, Virginia Tech, they have a bye, then Virginia Tech and Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and Duke all at home. Then Wake Forest and Pitt on the road. Though over that five-game stretch, we got to see Florida State go to another level. We got to see Florida State, especially I think defensively, is where 
I want to see Florida State really take a step up if we're going to believe they're national championship contenders. And, you know, I say this and I would rank Florida State number one in the country right now based on the win over LSU and the win over Clemson on the road that they have. I think their resume is deserving of being the number one team in the country. But they were outgained by Clemson 429 to 311 yesterday. And, you know, total yards isn't always the best way to gauge things, but they only had averaged 1.1 yards per carry. I thought Clemson defensively played very well. I thought Clemson did a nice job of not letting Jordan Travis get out of the pocket and run, something they did not do successfully against Riley Leonard and Duke. That was something I thought, an area I thought they were going to have a lot of success in was running the ball with Jordan Travis. And I know he was a little banged up. I'm not sure if he didn't want to run or Clemson just did a great job of not allowing him to run. But either way, the result was not a lot of running and not a lot of success on the ground for Florida State. I also thought Clemson's defensive backs looked really good. I thought they played really physical, and I thought they had a great game. But you can only hold down Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman for so long. And again, for the third time, we saw Keon Coleman make that catch in overtime. And that's what Florida State has that Clemson doesn't an elite receiver like Keon Coleman. Now, for Clemson's part, I actually thought that their receivers looked very good yesterday. I thought they were getting a lot of separation, and I thought they overall played a a very good game offensively. My question for Clemson is how now at at 2-2, and how do they respond? How do they get up off the mat? They're 0-2 in the ACC. They got to win out if they want to have any chance of playing in the ACC championship game. It's still possible because there are no divisions. I think Duke is going to take that. They'll need Duke to take three losses on the year, which I still think is possible, certainly. But to me, if Clemson plays that way the rest of the year, they can make the ACC championship, no doubt. They'll need some help. But it's not impossible that Duke loses to, say, on the road to Florida State, on the road to Louisville, and on the road at North Carolina. That's very feasible. And Clemson has to win out. And I'm curious to see how well Debos, when he can rally his team and get them to play that same level of football, that same impassioned football that they played yesterday, or if that game was too much of a gut punch for them and they're going to pack it in. My guess is that given I I believe Debo Sweeney is one of, if not the best coaches in college football, I've said a million times what he has done for that Clemson program is second to none in terms of just building a program and the way he's transformed things. My bet would be that he rallies them and that Clemson goes out and finishes really strong this year and finishes with a nine and three record. Mm, they could win out, but still think there's too many questions. But I think that nine and three is very realistic for them. But that's what I'm waiting to see from Clemson after this game. So this was actually another game where I, I came away impressed with both of these teams. I thought both of these teams were very good. I think Florida State needs to find another gear if they want to win a national championship. And I'm curious to see how Clemson gets up off the mat and responds after just an absolute gut punch game where they played just about as well as they could have. All right, let's get to some segments here. And I want to start with a team that lost that I'm buying. 
and that's the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So Rutgers goes out and they lose to Michigan. And yeah, you look at the box score, you look at the final score, 31 to seven. Okay, no big deal. This is what Michigan always does to Rutgers. But in reality, this is a pretty big improvement for Rutgers. There's years where Michigan has put up 70 on them. And Rutgers was in this game throughout the entire first half. They actually went out early. They got a score. They were up seven, nothing. And I had this game on. I was second screening this game. And I was impressed by the Rutgers defense. They at times were getting pressure on JJ McCarthy, just rushing four guys. And that was very impressive to me. I think this defense is, is very good. They're number 43 in defense in Bill Connolly's SP plus advanced analytics system. I really like this Rutgers defense. I think this defense keeps them in a ton of games, especially against the big 10 West later in the season. And I'm going to be looking to play Rutgers against some of those big 10 West teams. because I think their defense is that good. And I don't love a lot of these big 10 West teams. I think they're a lot like these big 10 West teams, very good defense, a lot to be desired on offense, but a defense that will keep them in most games. So Rutgers is a team I'm marking down that given enough points, I'd like to get in on uh, as this season progresses. Now, a couple teams that won, but I'm selling here. First, USC. USC goes out. They beat Arizona State 42-28 to in a really uninspired performance, to be honest. ASU is a team that is just terribly banged up and... They should have won this game by a lot more. They should have put this team away, and they played with their food a little bit. USC, when I look around the Pac-12, I think the Pac-12 is bar none, far and away, the best conference in the country. And I don't. I think it's quite frankly ridiculous that USC is still the team that is favored to win this conference how you can look at Washington and look at USC and say USC is a better team than Washington. I don't know what to tell you. I cannot answer that for you. Washington, I think is right there with USC offensively. They are probably like one, two to me when it comes to offense and Washington's defense is light years better than USC. I think the way Oregon has played this year has been much more impressive than USC. And on FanDuel right now, it's USC plus 230 to win the league, Oregon plus 270, and now Washington finally down to plus 270 as well. Thursday, I was able to still get Washington at plus 375, which is the same price I got them at to win the league back in July. So I added another half unit there. Uh, I would still invest in them as long as they have, as long as the odds are longer than USC, I still think they might be worth a play there. I USC is a team that I am selling on right now. I think they are at best the third team in the Pac-12 right now. They are 94th in pro football focuses tackling grade. They are not a good defense. They don't tackle well, and I do not trust them at all. The other team that I'm selling on that one is NC State. They beat Virginia by a field goal in a wild ending to a Friday night game. And I have watched a lot of NC State football this year. I watched the UConn game in full. I watched the Notre Dame game in full. And I watched most of this Virginia game. And they are a team that has two key areas that concern me. Their defense really concerns me. That's an that's an area where you kind of just assume every year, okay, Dave Doran is the head coach. They're going to put out a good offense or a good defense, rather. They struggled to stop the run against UConn. 
they struggled mightily to stop the run and the pass against Notre Dame, which the run acceptable against Notre Dame, I think they made their, uh, their passing game look better than it, than it might be. And then Anthony Calandria, UVA's freshman quarterback rushed for 43 yards, including the negative yardage on the two sacks that he took in that game. They are having trouble stopping the run. And in this case, they had trouble stopping the run against UVA's freshman quarterback. On the other side of the ball, they don't have a running game outside of Brennan Armstrong. Brennan Armstrong was the leading rusher for for NC State in this game with 64 yards. And they just do not have a lot of explosive plays going on in that offense. Armstrong was 15 of 30, six yards per attempt. They don't seem like they have a a real game breaker on that offense. They're not generating a lot of explosives and they're having trouble running the ball with anyone outside of their quarterback. So I'm selling on NC State. I do not like the way they're playing and they're going to have to prove to me that they have figured some things out before I change my mind there. My group of five team of the week, I'm going to stick in... I guess the ACC country-ish for this one because Marshall goes out and beats Virginia Tech, an ACC team, behind Rashana Lee's 174 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Marshall's been playing great. They've won their last eight games going back to last season. And their quarterback, Cam Francher, who Cam Fancher, who came in in the middle of last season due to injury, is now 9-1 and one as the starting quarterback of the thundering herd. So a big shout out to Cam Fancher there and the Marshall thundering herd. This is a really good football team in the Sun Belt, And I'm going to be checking out the, I'm going to be checking them out in Sunbelt play, seeing what they have to offer might be some good opportunities to get in on them when it comes to some of their, their Sunbelt games plus six fifty to win the league right now behind South Alabama at plus 300 and Troy at plus three. 80. Let's look ahead to week five real quick. And I just have two bets that I'm already in on for week five. So I put this first one in as soon as I saw it Pitt Virginia tech under 45 and a half. I would play this one down to 42 and a half. And I think you're going to have to because it is dropped like an absolute rock. These are two teams that are really bad right now on offense. I don't know how this game. I I thought this game, I thought this total would be 39. I thought it would be like an Iowa, Iowa state type line where it's in the thirties. But somehow it's not, it opened at 45 and a half on FanDuel and I jumped on it right away. Looking around a little bit, I think it's, I see on FanDuel now at 40, all the way down to 42 and a half. I would still play it there. Wouldn't go below that. But if you can find a 44, 44 and a half, anything above 40, if you can get 45 or 45 and a half still, that's kind of the magic number there, a key number. So that's why you got to jump on some of these right away sometimes. And I jumped on that one. Pitt, Virginia Tech under 45 and a half as soon as I saw it. Another one in the ACC, and this kind of goes along with one of the teams that won that I'm selling, is I'm taking Louisville minus three at NC State next weekend. I think this, I, I just laid out all the problems that I see with NC State. Louisville playing really well. Things are clicking between Jeff Brom, their new head coach, and Jack Plummer their transfer quarterback plumber accounted for five 
touchdowns yesterday in a 56-28 win over Boston College. I think Louisville is going to be able to go out there and move the ball very well against NC State on a Friday night game in Raleigh. Uh, the Yes, that is a tough place to play, but I just do not trust NC State right now. And at minus three, I'm going to go ahead and take the Cardinals there. What a week of college football it was. I am excited to be back on the right side of zero when it comes to gambling. Plus 5.83 units now on the year. Back in the black, back in posi- in the positive, and looking forward to adding to that as we get to week five. I will be back later this week to preview week five for you, take you through my card, tell you what I'm watching, and tell you what I'm betting. Until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.